today we're looking at the gospel of life. And we've been looking each time at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, which to me is one of the most significant statements about who Jesus is in all of the Bible. And so uh, let's read again John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and then I'll pray and we'll get into the sermon today. John chapter 1, verse 1, God's Word says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today asking your blessings on our time of study and your word. Lord, I pray that you would work through the words that I preach to change hearts. Lord, I pray that if there is anyone here who has never trusted in Jesus Christ, that they might trust him today for eternal life and that they might find their life in him. Father, I pray that you would work in the hearts of believers to encourage us and strengthen us that we might rely on you for our source of life in this world. Father, I pray that you would bless us now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You know, I don't know if it's just that the older I get, I tend to think more about this or just the hobbies that I have, I tend to think more about this. But if you ever have really thought about it, you know, life is amazing. And I want, to, I want you to just let that set in for just a moment, just how amazing life is. Because life does not have to be. Consider this interesting fact, for example. There is a NASA-funded institute called SETI, S-E-T-I, which stands for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. This institute is dedicated to using the, the most advanced technologies that humans have ever made to point at the stars in hopes of receiving radio waves coming from space that, in, that we might listen in on the communications from aliens. It's the hope that we might search the stars to find uh, alien life. This search, in one way or another, has been going on since the late 1890s. And yet, 
Not once, not <laughs> once in all those years have we ever received a legitimate alien communication. Now, there have been a couple of times where we thought we might have heard something, but it was actually just a star that burped or something like that. It wasn't anything intelligent. Consider along with that, that since the 1990s, NASA has launched five separate unmanned missions to Mars that have cost us, the American people, $1.1 billion. And the express intention of that is to find signs of life on the red planet. With each mission, they've sent new and better technology and they've sent new instruments so that they're able to probe deeper and better and read the rocks better in hopes of finding the skeleton of some bacterium or uh, hopes of finding the signs of some ancient river that ran here or there. But all they have found so far is red dirt. It seems as though life on earth is rather unique. There are millions upon millions of planets in this universe. Let that sink in. There are millions upon millions of planets in this universe. But ours is the only one that seems to have life on it. And this life that is on this planet persists. It persists through catastrophe. It persists through war. It persists through nuclear fallout. It persists through famine. And beyond all of that, this life seems to mean something. It's not just that life exists, but life exists with beauty. Have you ever thought about just how beautiful life is? Not even your life, which your life is beautiful in and of itself. But have you ever thought about how beautiful just plant life is? That you can walk out into this field right here on a spring day and find a hundred different species of flowers out in the middle of a clear cut in Sandcut, Alabama. You can go to the bottom of the deepest sea and you know they've gone finally gone to the deepest abyss that there is in the Atlantic Ocean and thinking that they would find nothing but little fissures and volcanic activity and you know what they found they found life and not only did they find life but they found beauty in that life life is beautiful it's beautiful at its smallest and it's beautiful at its most complex in the human body, in the human life. Life has love. We share relationships and meaning in that. We share meaning in our commitments and our promises and our uh, morality. Life seems to point towards the fact that it is valuable and the fact that it is eternal. In the Bible passage that I read just a minute ago from John chapter 1, John tells us that there was this Word of God. And we've talked about this Word of God in the past two sermons. That this Word of God was in the beginning with God. But He wasn't just in the beginning with God, but He was one with God. He was God Himself. And one of the characteristics of this Word who was with God and was God is that He has life. Notice there in verse uh, uh, 3, it says, 
I'm sorry, in verse 4, it says, In him was life. Now, this statement here is a powerful statement, and I don't want you to miss what John is saying here. What John is drawing out here harkens back to the creation story of Genesis chapter 1. And there, God spoke the world into existence. You know the story. We've talked about it in the past two sermons, that God comes to this world that is empty and void, and He speaks and He says, let there be light, and there was light. He says, let there be seas and skies and land and stars and sun and moon, and all those things came to be. But in the, in the fifth day, God's speech changes. As He creates living things, He creates bugs and birds and uh, fish and all those different things. As he creates those things, he doesn't just speak about them and command them to be, but he speaks to them. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, it says, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. And he does the same thing in day 6 when he speaks to the man and the woman. And he says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, you need to catch this because this is a theme that runs throughout the Bible that we tend, I think, to minimize, especially in the American church. And that is that throughout the Bible, when God blesses something, it brings life. But when he curses something, it brings death. So, in order for life to flourish, God must bless it. We see this in the life of Abraham, as he and Sarah are said to be barren until God blesses them in Genesis chapter 12 and causes Isaac to be born from something that was impossible. We see it in the life of Hannah who begged the Lord to give her a son, and God heard her prayer and called her, caused her to bring forth the great prophet Samuel. God doesn't just create life. It's not just that God did a creative work at the beginning of the world, and then He said, well, I'm done with this. Uh, time for me to hang up my creative hat and go on and enjoy my retirement. No, God continues to bless life. He sustains it and he enables it to prosper. So when John, when John says that this word is life, he means that the word of God is the source and sustaining force behind each and every life. Understand this. Your life came to be because of the power and will of the Word of God. Psalm 119 says that we are knitted together in our mother's womb, that God intentionally makes each and every one of us. And not just that, but your life is sustained in this very instant because of the power and the will of the Word of God. So you might ask, if that's the case, preacher, then why do we die? If the Word of God sustains our lives, then why doesn't He just go on sustaining us so that we can live forever? Well, remember I said earlier that when God blesses, life prospers. But when He curses, it dies. 
In Genesis chapter 3, we find out that our first parents, Adam and Eve, were warned not to eat of the forbidden fruit because, as it says there, on the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. But they ate, and then they hid from God in shame. And when God finally found them, He pronounced curses on the serpent and on Eve and on Adam. And the final curse that he gives in Genesis chapter 3 verse 19 says this, You will return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Then God drives them out of the Garden of Eden. And now consider that in the Garden of Eden, they enjoyed direct access to the life-giving relationship that God brought to them. But after their sin, Adam and Eve and all of their children after them were forbidden from receiving the life-giving blessing of God. So we don't live forever because we are under the curse of sin. We don't live forever because like our father Adam, as Jesus says in John chapter 3 verse 19, we love darkness rather than light. But all hope is not lost. At the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, we find that there is this young virgin woman named Mary. And an angel comes to Mary to tell her that she is going to conceive through the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, much like God, when, over, when during the creation he took the, impl, um, the empty vessel of the world and from that empty vessel he made life through his word, so now he is going to take the empty vessel of Mary's womb and from it he is going to bring the miracle of life through the word of God. Mary is so overwhelmed by this promise that she begins to sing. And she sings this song, and in the song it says, For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. This child, Jesus, would do wonderful things. He would cause the lame to walk. He would give sight to the blind. He would even cause the dead to rise. In all of his miracles, he brought blessing where there had been only curse. And there's a wonderful line that we're going to probably sing in one of these weeks during our Christmas season, in Joy to the World, where it says that He comes to make His blessings known as far as the curse is found. That's what Jesus does in His life-giving ministry in this world. He would announce that He is the bread of life, the resurrection and the life, and the way, the truth, and the life. Yet the religious leaders of His day despised the life that He brought. So they plotted with the Roman authorities to snuff out His life. They nailed Him to the cross so that they could cause Him to suffocate to death, and they mocked Him while He hung there without breath. Then some of His Followers took his lifeless body and they laid it in a tomb. This man, who had claimed that anyone who believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life, this man was buried, 
just like every other human who had ever lived. But this is not the end of his story. On the third day, Jesus rose again from the dead. And with that resurrection, he brought eternal life with him. In his resurrection, Jesus makes eternal life possible for all who believe in him. Outside of Jesus, you have no hope of escaping the curse of death. But in Jesus, you have hope of resurrection. Jesus has promised that he will return and make all things new. And on that day, as Paul says, he will give life to our mortal bodies. Not only that, but Jesus brings eternal life right here and now through the presence of his Holy Spirit. In Jesus, you are blessed. In Jesus, you have life that has meaning. In Jesus, you have the wisdom of God. And that brings a joy and a peace to this life that goes beyond any human understanding. So you might be wondering, how is it that Christians can be so joyful even as they stare at a cancer diagnosis? How is it that Christians can keep the faith in these countries where they are persecuted, where they have to meet in secret, where they, uh, where they are not accepted in society because of their faith in Jesus Christ? How is it that they continue to serve and to live and to sing with joy even in the face of such persecution? It's because we have eternal life with Jesus who dwells in us. This joy and peace and life only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So today, won't you trust in Christ as your Savior and Lord? Won't you follow Him in baptism, identifying with Him in a death like He died, and rising again to new life that is led by His Spirit with the promise that one day you will rise again too just as He has? Won't you trust in Jesus Christ and receive the eternal life that only He can bring to you today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, those of us who have trusted in Christ, we know what that eternal life looks like because we have a promise, a glimpse of it, a seal of it through the presence of Your Holy Spirit in our lives even today. And Lord, we look forward to that day of its completion when you will send back your son to call forth all who have trusted in him to have the newness of life in the resurrection and that we will reign and live with him for all of eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. Father, I pray that if there is anyone here who is not trusted in Christ, Lord, I hope that they understand that all they have to hope for Without Christ is the curse of death. But with Christ, we have the hope of eternal life through Christ and that they would turn their hearts to him in faith today. Father, bless us now as we respond to you in song. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.